And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. <laughs> what a game. What a wild Friday night for the Toronto Raptors. As they win this game, despite being up 19, allowing a 23-1 run, trailing by 8 points in the 4th quarter, and then closing out the game on an 11-0 run. Your Toronto Raptors win on the second night of a back-to-back -back for the first time this season. And just so you realize how crazy this game was, if I were to tell you there's no Kyle Lowry, if I were to tell you there's no OG Ananobi, and I tell you Fred Van Fleet went 4 of 20 from the floor for 12 points, Pascal Siakam went 4 of 10 for 10 points, the Raptors shot a season-low 86 points and a season-low 32.9% from the floor. But they still win the game? <laughs> that, my friends, is absolutely insane. And you know what? In times like this, because of the moment of what's going on, I almost feel as if there's something else we need to play right now. And fans of the Wrap It Up podcast will know exactly where I'm going. But during times like this, and with the Raptors getting to a special point in the season, I just feel like saying one thing and one thing only. I got a really big thing, man. What a time. Hey, 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 hey. Raptors are at 500. 500. Hey. 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 That's how we're feeling right now. What a time to be alive. The Raptors, after starting the season 2-8, and eight, now find themselves at 500 in maybe the craziest way possible. Norman Powell doing his thing with 31 points as Norm continues to just cook on a nightly basis. 31 points on 10 of 19 shooting, 6 of 10 from 3. He's getting to the line. He had six rebounds. He had two assists. He had two steals. Norman Powell just doing a little bit of everything. I mentioned Pascal Siakam's line. And yes, 10 points. You need more than that. Definitely. But if I tell you Pascal Siakam in that fourth quarter comes up with six points, two rebounds, and three dimes, including the game-clinching dime in which he found Terrence Davis open for three to win the game, essentially... Also, that was off of a block by Pascal, who sent out Norm on a fast... Oh, no, sorry. Pascal got the block and then ran down the floor, got a land to tie the game. I got to give Pascal Siakam a lot of credit here for how he bounced back and battled through a game in which he wasn't playing well. He wasn't shooting well, but still at the end in crunch time, he was able to make plays. Thanks you for tuning into this podcast. I know people probably got a lot to say, so please... Send in your comments and questions wherever you happen to be watching this pod, whether you are on the Instagram feed at Sheldon Alexander, the Twitter feed at Shell Alexander. Also, we're on YouTube. Send in your comments and questions there as well. Like and subscribe to the channel. Lots of On Blast podcast goodness there. And of course, a brand new Twitch channel, which is at twitch.com, obviously, On Blast podcast. Send in your comments and questions because this is your show. The Wrap It Up on Blast Podcast. After every Toronto Raptors game, we are here breaking everything down. And this game right now, 
The game tonight is exactly why this podcast exists, because there'd be times when crazy Raptors nights would happen, and I just needed a place to talk to people, to to get more talk, to find who was just as hype as I was, and I'm going to be really honest with you guys, after that dunk on by Anthony Edwards on Utah, I thought the game was over. I thought the Raps were going to lose. Like... I was so rattled by that dunk, and hey, that's why I sit on my couch and watch the NBA players play, right? I'm not in the league, obviously, but I was rattled by watching that dunk over and over and over and over and over again, but wow, what a game. Great night for the Toronto Raptors. I mean, you look at the, if not for people being out of the lineup. You might say, hey, the Raptors played with fire and they probably should have lost another game to the, uh, to, sorry, the, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank because I'm looking at my key right now and I realize that I made a mistake on said key, but the point remains, you look at it and you think the Toronto Raptors, if you're going to come out here and get a dub, what a game to get a dub in because you take advantage of the fact that you played Minnesota on Monday, you lose to Minnesota, and now you get a chance to come back and beat them again, and to be up by as much as the Raptors were up in this game, and let's go through this right now, I'll get to the comments in a bit, so please send in your comments and questions, let me know how you feel, tell me how you were feeling after the Utah dunk, tell me how you were feeling when the Raps blew the lead, were you nervous, did you think they would come back, let me know what you're feeling Raptors fans, I want to know. So I'm going to go through the game here first, and then we'll get to that. But don't worry, I'll make it quick. I promise. Let's start here so we know, again, no OG, because it's the second night of a back-to-back. You kind of want to ease him back into the lineup. So I totally understand that call. Kyle Lowry's thumb, he's listed as day-to-day. Not sure if he'll play in the next game on Sunday against the Sixers, but it's Kyle Lowry, and it's the Sixers, so... I'll just say that much, but either way, you got Chris Boucher and DeAndre Bembry getting the start in this game, and Bembry was nice early. My guy was hitting threes, he was driving to the lane, getting dunks, tough lay-ins, fitting in just fine. The Raps 12-2 run to start the game, all Raptors in the starting lineup scored. They were up 23-11 early, and then you see this lineup, and this is a credit to Nick Nurse, because there are certain points in the game where I'm going to bring up the lineup that was on the floor. And you got to give a lot of credit to Nick Nurse in this situation because my guy is always trying different things. He's always trying different lineups, feeling out the game and making adjustments. I know that sounds crazy after watching Mike Budenholzer for back-to-back games, but a game like this is where you see Nick Nurse work his magic. And at one point I looked up and at the end of that first quarter, you had Malachi Flynn, Matt Thomas, Utah Watanabe, DeAndre Bembry, and Aaron Baines. That was the lineup the Raptors had on the floor at the end of the first quarter. And you got to give those guys credit because, again, why do those guys play? Everyone wonders why does Nick Nurse keep juggling his rotation? Why do some guys play? Why do other guys not? And it's all about defense. Those guys came out and they were busting it on defense, and that's why they were getting the burn early. And even if the shots weren't falling, They did a good job defensively. After one quarter, the Raptors were up 28-15, closed out the first quarter on a 17-6 run. Defense, though, they held the T-Wolves to 1 of 11 from 3 and 20% shooting overall. Great start. Speaking of great starts, Norman Powell. He continues his hot starts that he's been having in games. We keep bringing it up. 
Norm among the league leaders since he's entered the starting lineup in first quarter scoring. He had eight in the first quarter, continued that into the second quarter. He was just banging in threes. He was getting it on the glass. He was getting to, into the lane. He had 19 early on in this game, started off 6 of 10, and then a really cool moment for the Toronto Raptors. Patrick McCaw, who if you follow this team, you know he's been out for a while, for over a year, and I thought this was really cool, and I think this is kind of, you know, the Raptors win a tough game with a lot of different guys playing, and a lot of different guys, you know, who get minutes, and then maybe the next game they don't play, and you kind of wonder how come the Raptors have a team that is able to contribute and put in work under those difficult circumstances. Like, you don't know if you're going to play from one night to the next. But this moment, to me, sums up why this Raptors team is so tight-knit, good unit, why guys are able to accept different roles, whether it's playing big minutes or not a lot of minutes or just getting shots or not getting shots. Patrick McCaw checks into the game. And if you looked at the Raptors bench, they gave this dude a standing ovation. They were up, they were cheering, they were yelling, they were screaming. And that was just such a cool look that they were so happy for their guy that they know has been there with them for so long, trying to get back into the lineup. And he'd been struggling with it for a while, had some setbacks, and it was just happy to see him finally back in the lineup. And it was really cool to watch and be able to see his teammates so happy for him. There's no bitterness. There's nobody thinking, oh no, there go my minutes. Everyone was standing up and clapping and cheering him on. And I thought that was a really cool moment. But to me, it was also really telling of the team that this squad is. How they're rooting for each other. How there's buy-in from everyone. I thought that was really, really cool. So great moment. Great to have Patrick McCaw and his defense back on the court. And especially... If Lowry's a little banged up, especially on the second night of a back-to-back -back where you just need extra bodies to buy some minutes for Freddie and Pascal, it was great to see McCaw back out there. Let's continue on with the game, though. The end of the half, Raptors were up 10 at the end of the first half, 45-35. Norm, Norm was cooking, 22 points, 7 of 13 shooting, 5 of 9 from 3. In that second quarter, Norman Powell had 14 points and accounted for 82% of the Raptors' productivity. Norm, Without Norm, the Raptors lose this game. It's plain and simple, right? Nobody else had it going offensively other than Norman Powell in this game, and if he's not there, the Raps lose. As we go into the second half, Fred comes up with a steal, and I thought this was really cool, right? Boucher's getting some minutes, Boucher's on the glass, doing the things we normally see Chris Boucher do. And then we see Freddie. And I like, I wrote down, this is such a Kyle Lowry play because the Raps were up 13. And there's times where Kyle Lowry comes down the floor and you can tell that he's just hunting a three-point shot. And I call them kill shots because you're trying to bury the other team. You're trying to make that run and turn the game into something manageable to put you on the brink of a blowout. And so with a 13-point lead as Freddie came up with a steal, Comes down the floor, and he's just hunting down a three, hunting down a three, buries it, makes it a 16-point game, timeout T-Wolves, and at that point, it's looking like the Raps are doing pretty well. Looks like they're feeling good. But out of the timeout, the T-Wolves go on an 8-0 run of their own. All of a sudden, they made it a 6-point game after a 10-0 run, and Layman came out of nowhere. My guy's hitting threes. He didn't even play in the Raptors' last game against the T-Wolves. But here comes Lehman. He's hitting shots. 13-0 run. 
cuts the lead to three. Raptors at that point, at that point, hadn't scored in four minutes. That would be extended a little more, but they actually give up the lead at one point. And you think about it, and the Raptors had a run in this game where they, as mentioned, a 23-1 to run. They gave up the lead, and I think that play was highlighted by the fact that two things. While the Raptors went over 10 minutes without a field goal, Anthony Edwards, the first overall pick, absolutely baptized Utah Watanabe. That was one of the most disrespectful dunks I have seen in a very, very long time. For those who don't know, I talk about it on the pod a little bit, but my very first job in this industry was working as an intern on court cuts, right? LeBron's rookie year. OG Canadian basketball fans know what court surfing and court cuts was, but that was our weekly just basketball highlights, the best dunks, the best plays from the NBA each and every week. Old school fans of the score know exactly what I'm talking about. When I see plays of that, like that, that brings me back to those days of court cuts, of just getting hyped. Like, I'm sitting here watching the game by myself on the couch, and I screamed out loud by myself. Just, I couldn't believe that dunk. It was so violent. And then they showed the replay, and I screamed again, because the replay was so violent. That hurt my soul watching that dunk. I felt bad for Utah. And also, you got to watch and take a look at the replay. Because on the wide-angle shot, there's someone on the Raptors bench that when Utah gets dunked on like that, he someone gets up, turns around, and walks away. <laughs> like, listen, this that dunk, when you have plays at that level, to me, it's not about what team you're rooting for. That just becomes a fan of the game of basketball. And when you see a rookie dunk like that have a play like that and you see the joy and the smile on his face as he's looking up trying to see the replay almost in awe of what he just did in the NBA that was a crazy moment and I give the raps a lot of credit for being able to come back after that and I know people are going to be like oh it's just two points whatever it's worth two points yeah 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 that's all true have you ever been dunked on like that have you ever played in a game where someone on your team gets dunked on like that and the crowd's going wild that's all I'm saying that was a violent, violent dunk. And hey, court cuts. Hopefully we can bring that back. I was about to say something else, but we'll, we'll save that for later. Let's keep things going here and talking about this game. Because after that dunk, the T-Wolves were able to extend their lead. Because the Raptors, as mentioned, went over 10 minutes without a field goal. T-Wolves extend the lead. They're up to by as much as 8 and the Raps offense was sputtering. Freddie, I've never seen Fred Van Fleet miss so many consecutive wide open threes. But you could tell he just had no legs. Every single time there was a timeout, you saw Fred Van Fleet and Pascal Siakam both just clutching at their shorts because they were so tired. On the second night of a back-to-back, and with no Kyle Lowry having to carry so much of just the pace of the game. That's the part that people miss, right? Sometimes we think you got to carry the scoring. But if you're Freddie, how do you think all these other guys are getting buckets, right? So that part is super important to remember in terms of these guys carrying the load, carrying the team, and figuring out a way to just, you know, run the offense. So you give them a lot of credit. Freddie missed a lot of shots, and 
I felt like one of these shots were going to go in, but they just didn't. Raptors were missing chippies at the rim. There were missed free throws. And then all of a sudden, Nick Nurse. I mentioned it in the first half. Nick Nurse juggling his lineups. But now in the second half, in the fourth quarter, he needs a scoring boost. They needed points. And he turns to Terrence Davis. And this is just knowing your roster, knowing what different guys are capable of. And with Norm cooking lately, with Kyle, with Fred, people were wondering, where's Terrence Davis? Well, they might not need the scoring. They need the defense. And that's why the Raptors have been turning to Bembry as of late. But in this situation, Nick Nurse knows which strings to pull, which tool to bring out of his toolbox. And at this point, he needed Terrence Davis to get buckets. And Terrence Davis stepped in and he took and made big big shots for the Raptors down the stretch and finished with 11 points in that fourth quarter. But the big three to tie it or to take the lead was huge. But before that, again, I'm going to give a lot of credit to Pascal Siakam because I think he did a lot. Huge block on a Beasley three-pointer, then runs down the floor, got an easy layup to tie the game. I thought that was really huge. Just showing, again, one thing, go back to the championship year and how many times did the Raptors, and I say the championship year because I'm bringing up an example of watching a good team and how they're able to win games. So many times during that championship run, the Raptors were able to come up with defensive plays down the stretch to win games, and that's what they did in this game. If you think about it, Norm at one point, Raptors were down, Norm gets a steal, goes coast to coast, hits a layup, cuts the lead to two. That's a defensive play changing the game when your offense is struggling. Then after that, as mentioned, Pascal coming up with the block, running the floor, getting the ball, laying it up to tie the game. Raptors just came up with stops and turnovers down the stretch, and that gave Terrence Davis the opportunity to step in. And the Raps close this game on an 11-0 run. As mentioned, Terrence Davis stepping up, hitting the big three to take the lead. And the rest, as they say, is history. Raptors win 86 to 81. A great game had by all, including your man's Norman Powell, who, as mentioned, finished this game with 31 points. The next high scorer on the Raps was Fred Van Fleet with 12. So, I mean, I mentioned it early on, but in case you're just tuning in now, an ugly, ugly game in which the Raptors somehow were went from being up 19 to allowing a 23 to 1 run to trailing by eight points in the fourth quarter, to closing the game on an 11-0 run, to win for the first time this season on the second night of a back-to-back. They had a season low in points with 86. They shot 33%, and I'm boosting that up because it was really (laughs) 32.9, but that's a season low. But a win is a win, and when you're trying to get back to 500, you don't care how you got that win, just that you got the win. And plus, this is really important as well because who's knocking on the door waiting for next? Joel Embiid, who dropped a 50-piece tonight, and the Sixers, who are balling as of late. So this was a big win for the Toronto Raptors. But I've talked enough about just what I think. Let's get to what the fans think because, as mentioned, this is about you guys. What do you guys make of this crazy, crazy victory for the Toronto Raptors? And let me start with YouTube first. Reed says that was too close for comfort. Uh, someone just says, and we are live, which I normally blow up my voice screaming that before the pod actually starts, but let's keep things going here. Uh, let me find some more comments. Uh, 
Top of Top 21 says, great win, but Fred faded again. I hope people are paying attention when they call him All-Star. Now, it's interesting, right? So, uh, Tim and Sid today, I was on the show that I work on, Tim and Sid, Kenny Smith was on, and they asked him about, is Fred an All-Star? And he said, he's probably a year away. And I thought that was a correct assessment because, you know, the way that he described it too was, it takes a year to get on the radar before you actually make the All-Star game. And, you know, Freddie is cooking, he's simmering, but he's not quite there yet. And the the beauty of this for the Raptors is that right now you're getting to appreciate that even if he's not scoring, he still was finding major ways to impact this game. And I think you got to give Fred Van Fleet a lot of credit for that because I think the way that he was able to impact this game and do what he was doing... I think that was huge for this Toronto Raptors team. And I think, you know, at a certain point, leadership is not just about him getting points. Yeah, he shot terribly. Yeah, he has off nights where the shot's not falling. But he's still finding a way to be the leader of this team. And I think as a point guard, that matters. So is he an all-star? No, but that's okay. Because we're seeing the solid progression of Fred Van Fleet. And I'll take the progression over, you know maybe being an all-star or not being an all-star, like, whatever. Who cares? I don't even care about the all-star game this year. I think they should have one, but that's a story for another day. Christine says, good decision by Nurse to put in TD and Stanley in the end. I'm Nick Nurse, what can you say about Nick Nurse at this point? The reigning coach of the year, we know what Nick Nurse is about, and making adjustments is one of the things that he does so well, but also knowing his team and knowing how to pull the right strings, right? How to get the best out of Terrence Davis. He knows that Terrence Davis probably could be playing a lot more minutes, but he's making him earn it. Notice how Nick Nurse finally, Chris Boucher, Shouts Chris Boucher making his first start of his career, becoming the third Canadian joining Toronto's own Big Jam and Corey Joseph as the only Canadians to start for the Toronto Raptors. But think about it. Chris Boucher probably could have started a long time ago. But what Nick Nurse has been doing in terms of bringing him along slowly, he's keeping him hungry, keeping him motivated, keeping up with the reminder that you need to play defense and bring effort. And, he, and you're seeing the same thing with Terrence Davis. Terrence Davis hasn't played well. He's played nervous and inconsistent. A lot of turnovers. Hasn't been giving it on defense as much as Nick Nurse would like to see. And so that's where the minutes come slowly. But now when I give you a chance, I know you can cook. So in this moment, we're going to put you in and we need you to get busy. And he did that. Great job by Nick Nurse pulling all the strings. Um, I see someone here, uh, Glow Girl Smile, as I switch over to IG for a second, says, what's up with Shaq not knowing Pascal's first name? Uh, also, Kenny Smith on the, our show today, he said that he, because they asked him if he thought, if they thought that Kenny thought Shaq was serious, or if he was just joking that he didn't know Pascal's name. And Kenny Smith said he thought Shaq was being serious. And to me, I'm going to say this, who cares? Like, do you really think Shaquille O'Neal is watching Raptors games? I bet you Shaq hasn't really watched a Raptors game since the last game they might have been on TNT, which I don't think they've been on TNT this season. So you'd have to go back to the playoffs last year. And if a Raptors playoff game in the second round was on TNT, and then at, before that, I'd go back to the finals. So the reality is, it's Shaq. He's on there because he's Shaq. 
He's not on there because of how many games he's watching and him studying film and studying game tape. He's on there because he's Shaq. That's it. So I'd much rather Shaq be honest that he doesn't watch Raptors games as opposed to everybody getting mad at all these U.S. pundits whenever they pretend like they watch Raptors games and talk about the Raptors. We know they don't watch Raptors games, right? The only time they would be watching Raptors games is on League Pass or if it's on ESPN or TNT. So we know they don't watch. So I'd rather have Shaq be honest and I'm not giving him credit. Of course, he probably should know Pascal Siakam's name. But for all these Raptors fans that are mad, how many Utah Jazz players can y'all mention? Right? And I say that because think about it. Complain all the time about the U.S. media doesn't talk about the Raptors. They don't know this about the Raptors. They don't know nothing about the Jazz. And the Jazz are in first place in the entire league. So, whatever. Who cares? Find your media people that talk about your team, that you trust their analysis because you know they watch your games, and follow them. And enjoy TNT for what it is. It's Shaq and Barkley and Kenny and Ernie having fun. I like fun things. <laughs> and it's funny that Shaq didn't know Siakam's name. Like, I think that's funny. I'm not expecting Shaq to watch Raptors games. And I know Shaq, Shaq was the same guy during the Raptors run when he was doing the highlight pack and Ernie was telling him Raptors making plays and he didn't know any of the names. And he openly admitted that. Again, Shaq has that job because he's Shaq. That's it. You know that he's not watching. Spent too much time talking about Shaq. But anyways, I just wanted to get that off because I feel like, you know, we make such a big deal about certain things that don't need to be a big deal. I don't expect Shaq to be watching Raptors games. I really don't. How do? Why don't I expect Shaq to watch games? Because I watch inside the NBA and I hear him and Chuck talk about all the times that they spend not watching the TNT games that they're on directly after the games. <laughs> right? So, anyways, let's move on. Uh, another comment. Fred had no legs, played 40 of 48 minutes yesterday. Have to cut him some slack. Totally agree. Like, I understand that. I, I'm Listen, this is a tough season. There's a lot of back-to-backs, a lot of four games in five nights or five games in seven nights, like crazy spurts. So, I understand what's going on with Freddie there. I'm not mad at him. That's all right. Uh, someone's still happy about Freddie's layup against Giannis last night. Still giving him love for that. All right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, Solo59 says, Norm not starting enough games maybe took away his chance at an all-star appearance. Let me ask you this, Raptors fans. How many Raptors do you think should be named an all-star? Because I know people are always going to talk about Kyle because he's the OG vet. Then people are going to bring up Pascal, Freddie, and now Norm. Like, At most, the Raps would have one. So I think Raptors fans going into next season would be better served putting all their focus into one starter and trying to focus in on getting those votes to ensure that a Raptor is in the, in the starting lineup or in the All-Star game. Shout out to my guy Steven who says big ups to court cuts. That's an OG Canadian basketball fan right there if you know what I'm talking about when I'm talking court cuts. Uh, Steven also says there would have been no back-to-back -back fatigue excuses if they lost. Bucks won against OKC fairly easily tonight. Shout out to Norm for saying in the post-game interview he told the guys to stop whining. That's real spit right there. It's real talk. Totally agree. Totally, totally, totally agree. 
So many comments on the YouTube feed. Again, go to youtube.com. Sheldon Alexander is the account, or you can just search on Blast Podcast. Like and subscribe there. That way you get the alerts as soon as we're live. And you can put us up on your TV and watch, or you can watch on your phone or your laptop and comment along as we do the show. My IG people are going to get mad at me because they say that I've abandoned them. But I will never abandon my IG people because y'all are the OGs, my day ones. Always got love for y'all. So I'll start here. Um, K2's Garnett said, Minnesota almost ruined that 500 party. I mean, you're right. They almost did. But almost doesn't count, right? Glow Girl Smile. Nurse found the answer by putting TD2 and Stanley in the fourth. And TD2 came through clutch. He really did. That was a great performance there. Uh, Siakam. Really had a big role for us winning that game. Those three blocks were huge momentum swing plays. I totally agree. It's great to see Pascal affecting the game in different ways. And I don't know how many people tuned in to last night's pod, but I talked about the expectations people have for Pascal Siakam and how we think that max players, you know, it's always about scoring. How many points are you scoring? Well, the reason why Pascal Siakam was such a key contributor to the Raptors championship run was because he did so many different things. It wasn't about scoring. And I think at the start of the year, the sole focus was about getting points. And that's why you saw a lot of threes being taken and a lot of fadeaway twos and just shooting the ball just because. And now you're seeing him get back to the player that the Raptors have watched and developed through their entire system. The guy who can get blocks, who can run the floor, who can get in passing lanes who can go out on the perimeter and guard guards that's what we're seeing from pascal siakam and as long as he continues to develop like that it's exactly what this organization wants to see and exactly what this organization needs going forward from him because those are his strengths as he develops more and more offensive game cool you can add more to it but as of now just keep doing the things that you do well that help the team win and make winning plays it's really cool to see Another comment, Norm was monster and the only one who still had legs throughout the game. Listen, Norm is, if you're talking about shooting the ball, Norm's always going to have legs to shoot the ball. (laughs) Norm is not shy to shoot. And we're realizing now, whenever there's guys out of the lineup, Norm just doesn't hesitate. There's just more shots to be had. And so he's going to go get it. When there's everyone in the lineup, there's not a fight for shots, but there's more of a hierarchy. And Norm's kind of waiting to figure out where he lands in that hierarchy. And I think that's why he kind of struggles at times when he's not starting and when he's coming off the bench. And also agrees about Pascal making up for the miss at the end of last game. I just think continuing to make plays, continuing to make plays, we like seeing that for sure. A lot of people shouting out... um, seeing Patrick McCaw really great to see him out there again and you know people's love affair or maybe love affair with talking about past about uh Patrick McCaw and why he gets so many minutes and why nurse likes him just look at Bembry look at Stanley hey those guys get minutes because they play defense Dio's mom says TNT is so bad this year anytime I've tuned in and yes they don't care about the Raptors exactly they don't And we know that. So why be surprised by it? Should Shaq know the name? Of course. But we know it's Shaq. And Shaq's also trying to go viral every single night that he's on TNT. So 
whatever. We we need to force Shaq to know that name. And that's by making the Raptors a legitimate team in the Eastern Conference again. And then I bet Shaq will know the name if the Raps make a deep run and Pascal is playing at the level that he was at the start of last season. Right? All goes hand in hand. Anne says, we seek validation from the U.S. media. It hurts a little when we win and they only talk about how bad the other team played. That part is true. But again, that's why it's important on us as a Raptors community to focus in and find and share our platforms that big up our team. Because that's what it is, and that's what it's always going to be. So that's why it's indicative on us as a fan base to like and share and find all those other podcasts that we got here in Canada and, you know, the great work that so many other people are doing. Like, it's dope to see. We started this Wrap It Up podcast three years ago, Kawhi's year, right? Live on Twitter and Instagram after every game, right? Three years later now, I see post-game shows that the Raptors do. Shouts to my guy Randy Urban and Sherm and all those guys that do that for the Raptors. Raptors Nightcap. I see Yahoo Sports. They got a post-game show now. I see Raptors Republic. They got a post-game show now. And I'm happy to see that. We need more outlets to discuss our team because our team deserves that. Our city deserves that. Our fan base deserves that. So that to me is dope. And hey, we know TNT or Bill Simmons or whatever the other major U.S. media outlets are. Let them talk about whatever they're going to talk about. We okay on this side. And as the t-shirts say, I know you can't see it. Maybe you can see the jersey behind me. But if you're reading this, we still champs. Can't take that away. (laughs) No matter what. We always champs. So that's how I'm always going to think about it. And I'm always going to strive and push to keep creating more and more to put basketball on the map and give it the rightful place that it deserves in our media landscape. It kind of makes me lean towards something I might want to talk about, but we're, we're kind of long on this pod already. So I'll maybe talk about it on a future podcast, but it's good news. I'll say that it's good news. Uh, shouts to the people that were listening to the pod on Twitter. Someone says, who's going to guard Karen. Leslie Hall says, who's going to guard Embiid. It's going to be a team effort. Yeah, and I also think that, you know, if Embiid goes off, other guys still got to get busy. So if you stop the other guys on their team, you stick to the three-pointers, the three-point shooters, that's a good battle. But hey, it's a first good test, and this is where you need Baines. Baines, you got six fouls, bro. Use them wisely against Embiid. Boucher, you just got to be just attacking, attacking, attacking the glass, You got to be a pest in in Embiid's side. And the rest of the raps, you got to help out. You got to help out. So, hey, here's what I got to say about that. I can't wait for that Philly game. I think it's going to be awesome. But at the end of the day, what a time to be alive because your Toronto Raptors are at 500. This is the moment we've been waiting for, Raptors fans. The Raptors at 500, and it's so happy to be here. It took a while. Two and eight start. Seems like a long, long time ago now, doesn't it? But again, your Toronto Raptors are winners as they win ugly. Again, Raptors win after being up 19, allowing a 23 to 1 run, trailing by eight in the fourth quarter, and closing the game on an 11 0 run. They win on the second night of a back to back for the first time this season. 
The Raptors win despite Fred Van Fleet going 4 of 20 for 12 points. The Raptors win despite Pascal Siakam going 4 of 10 for 10 points. The Raptors win despite a season-low 86 points and a season-low 32.9% field goal percentage. And yet, an 86-81 victory to get to 500. Why? Because of defense and Norman Powell. Defense is always going to be there. And it doesn't matter how, it's just that you got there. They all count the same in the standings. And the Raptors can now say that they are back in 500. And the, the test doesn't stop. Because up next, you got Joel Embiid, and he's coming in hot after a 50 spot that he put up tonight. So enjoy this win, Raptors fans. Enjoy it. Even Utah. <laughs> Despite that dunk on my dude, you can enjoy this win as well. <laughs> because if the Raptors lost, I mean, hey, people are going to be talking about that dunk anyways because it was mean. But if the Raptors lost... There'd be a lot more talk as well about that dunk and what Anthony Edwards did to that man. Because, damn, that's all I can say about that. But either way, the Raptors are winners. I appreciate everybody for tuning into this podcast and sending in your comments and questions. Because, again, without you, there is no podcast. And because of you, we continue to grow this podcast more and more. Thank you for all the likes and shares and all the subscriptions and all that stuff. Really appreciate you guys. Whether you watch the show live on Instagram or on Twitter or on Twitch or on YouTube really appreciate it or if you are listening to this later on part of the podcast posse on Apple Music or Spotify or SoundCloud or of course on YouTube really appreciate you guys as well Raptors win 86-81 back at 500 what a time to be alive indeed yes I'm bringing that out after you start 2-8 and eight, now to be at 500 it is what a time to be alive and as i always say i used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this this is the wrap it up on blast raps post game show as always unpolished and unapologetic until next time see ya on blast.